This is what's great about sport. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? Broadcasting live from the 96.9 The Game Studio, it's time to go in the zone with your host, Brandon Kravitz. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show. We are live on 96.9 The Game, streaming everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You are in the zone. The show of the Orlando sports fan, your host, Brandon Kravitz, here alongside the maestro, Mike Tazi. We've got you covered for the next three hours. You can text us, 50857 is how you can reach us. Also, you can call, right, Tazi? 407-916-8255. Be happy to have you on that way, too. Harry's best bets at 4 o'clock. Mackenzie Milton back on the show today at 5. He'll discuss his unique perspective on the DeMar Hamlin situation and stone-cold locks of the week back in a big way. I cannot wait to dull those uh, out at 520 today. They are ugly. God bless you for uh, giving it the attempt because I just feel frozen with week 18. It's just a different week than all the others, and I'm, I'm ready for the postseason. I completely agree. I will say this about my locks. Usually I'm all in with the locks I give out. I would say uh, risk management is important <laughs> this weekend. Don't go blowing the wad on uh, on week 18. Make sure that whatever you use... The equivalent of playing your starters for one quarter in betting terms. If sure, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're used to betting a dollar, maybe this week you bet fifty cents, something yes. like that. You know, that's the way to go. But I, there are still games I like. There's a theme to this weekend that I've really bought into, and then once you kind of once you start going down that path, all of a sudden it illuminates with several games that I look at. There are, believe me, there are a number of games that I wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole in either direction. But uh, we'll get to that later yeah, on in the lot, show. There's a lot of things I want to see happen. It doesn't mean that they will. So right. I'm just going to watch it as, uh, you know, rooting for the Lions to get in the playoffs, things like that. That's good. Bless your heart. Quick update for you to start the show, and this is awesome. Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin, had his breathing tube, uh, tube removed, and he has begun talking to his care team, his family, and his teammates, even FaceTime teammates today, while they were having their Friday meeting, and said, I love you, boys. It's awesome. Oh, just imagine. We're back. Goodness gracious. Could you imagine that room in that moment when he pops on the screen? You know, I mean, picture. I'm picturing the Hard Knocks room, you know, watching yes. the Lions, all these guys sitting back like it's a big classroom. Yes. The energy that they, that they have. Um, you know, think of when Aiden Hutchinson started dancing to Billie Jean and then <laughs> amplify that. By 50. I know. What it was probably like in that room. I mean, I use the word vibe a lot, but uh, that's a that's an uncomparable vibe right there. That's a good that's a good way to put it. It is top, top of the line, top shelf vibes, right? Um, good vibes. Also, for the football side of things, the Bills-Bengals game has been officially canceled. Found that one out. Got the notification last night when we were at the Amway Center. Tazi and I both in the building last night. We'll certainly talk about that game in the next segment. No real surprise here. I mean, I would have been I would have been surprised had it gone the other way if they had found ways to move things around cuz you would have had to move a lot around for that one game. I did figure it would go this way. I did worry about what it might or might not do to the Bengals and it did sound like we might end up getting a neutral site game and it, and it sounds like that's in the cards. If it goes down that way. If it goes down that way. So that's part of this wrinkle, too. The NFL has approved 
a, a potential neutral site game following multiple scenarios here. So if Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie this weekend, and then the Bills and the Chiefs meet in the AFC title game, that game would be a neutral site. Decent chance of all that happening. Decent chance. Right. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, a Bills-Chiefs AFC championship game would be played on a neutral site. Yeah, I don't think those things will happen, but it, it could. Um, probably not. Yeah, the Raider, the, the the Chiefs play the Raiders on Saturday. I mean, Jared Stidham ball, but yeah, yeah, you never know with Jared. Uh, if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Bills Bengals game or a Bengals Chiefs game would be at a neutral site. Mm. That's the interesting one there. The the the, the, the Bills Chiefs thing kind of makes sense. It does. When, I mean, you, when you add the when you add the Bengals into it, now keep in mind for this to happen, the Bills have to lose to the Patriots and the Raiders have to beat the Chiefs. These are not likely scenarios. Not likely. No, I mean, as far as Bills Chiefs is to go, I was kind of hoping for a scenario where Patrick Mahomes, who's never played a road playoff game, would be forced to win in the ice cold weather in Buffalo, and just to have a game of that magnitude in front of those fans. Kind of looked forward to that setting all season, yeah. especially after the Bills went to Kansas City and won. Thought that that was going to play a factor in home field advantage. We're not getting it. I'm disappointed, but it if we do get that as an AFC championship on a neutral site, it'll still be a heck of a matchup in game. Yeah, and another um, scenario to consider is that this is all if the Bills and the Chiefs do the exact same thing this weekend. If the Bills go out and they lose to the Patriots, which is well within a range of outcomes, or the Raiders lose to the Chiefs and the the Bills don't lose, then we don't have to worry about this at all. It becomes a non-factor, and you have a legitimate top seed in the AFC. But, yeah, the way it's tracking, I mean, it. unless... <laughs> you know what I just thought of? What's that? You know how we name our parlays after a theme. How about the AFC Championship Neutral Site Parlay with Ooh, okay. the Chiefs and Bills? I, I just don't see a scenario where where one of those teams even loses. I, and you could add the Bengals to that mix. Add the Bengals. I don't see a scenario where they're losing. They're they're playing a Ravens team that is uh, down to Tyler Huntley, and even Huntley might not play. Wow. Who would be the quarterback in that case? I haven't gotten that far down the Baltimore Ravens. they have an chart. Anthony Brown that's out there. Stephon would know. I, I think I'm right about that. I think Anthony Brown is their third-string quarterback. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor not happy about the changes made to the AFC playoff procedures. Um under the proposal, the Bengals and Ravens would flip a coin for home field advantage in the wild card round of the playoffs if the Ravens beat the Bengals on Sunday. <laughs> coin flips? A coin flip. So if the Ravens beat, if they do find a way, hey, it's a divisional game, anything can yeah. happen. They're nine and a half point dogs in this one. So if they If they find a way to win this game, they would play potentially next week and then there would be a coin flip as to who would host the game. Yeah, I just had a feeling the Bengals were going to come up short here, and it's a shame because they were up 7-3 to three in this game and were very compassionate. And it's like, oh, that's the thanks we get for like really being as compassionate right. as humanly possible? I will say 7-3 to three against the Bills right, is not... Hey. But that's still, not a, that's not any indication as to how that game was going to end. I've never seen a game where a team was up and had played pretty well to that point, and then all of a sudden it was like nothing ever happened. Right. 
I mean, yeah, of course you can't say they were going to win that game, but they did put the work in to be up 7-3. to three. So I think this is pretty cut and dry. Usually this kind of stuff flies right over my head, but I think this is uh, it all kind of makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, I'm trying to play it. Now, what are the neutral site locations? I'm assuming like SoFi Stadium, which doesn't allow tailgating. <laughs> Uh, would they? I don't think so. Actually, I mean no? that makes a lot of sense because of how plush it is, and that's a posh place to host the, Ram- the game. And the Rams aren't playing home games, but and I don't it, think the Chargers would be either. You're not sending Kansas City and Buffalo out west to go play a neutral site game. I think the most likely scenario would be Atlanta, be the Mercedes Benz Dome. Oh, okay, I guess that makes a little bit more sense. The Falcons sure won't be using it. I was even just thinking <laughs> Detroit. The Bills were playing neutral site home games right. at. In Detroit, no, it's not like the Lions will be hosting a game. I need to pull up a map of the United States real quick. What's the what's the football stadium where it's the it's equal distance for both Buffalo and Kansas City? I think that's the way you got to answer this question. Could end up being Detroit. You know, here I go pulling up a map on live radio. Pulling this is up fantastic. Maps. Princess survives. <laughs> All right, so Kansas is in the. <laughs> I think it might be Detroit. This is just a little bit of an estimation here. Kansas is smack dab in the middle of the country. All right. You guys already knew this. And then uh, we know where New York is, too. I don't think so. I think you're better off. Mm, the problem is, I guess you would try and avoid weather. Ohio's pretty uh, pretty well in between. Illinois, uh, you have Chicago. Be a good Imagine spot. playing outdoors in Chicago. If you're going to a neutral site, I'm assuming it would be a domed situation. Let's get the weather involved. You know, well, I mean, because it would have been involved in Kansas City or Buffalo. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, two classic, you know, locations with Arrowhead. That's where we've watched pretty much every AFC Championship the last bunch of years take place. And then Buffalo, it really felt like it was going to be in the cards. So I get we're just also by doing this we're assuming it's going to be that exact matchup in the AFC Championship. Well, I'm not willing to go. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. Not that that's a stretch to say the not Bills a, would play the Chiefs, but I I don't know that I can write off the Bengals. I I'm hoping for the Bengals. I like the Bengals. Something tells me the Chiefs aren't going to get there. I don't know. I'm, a Bills Bengals AFC Championship game kind of feels like the most likely scenario, but it's, I, it's, it's hard to count out. Patrick Mahomes. It's, I, I wish that I had a strong take on this. I kind of need to see how these teams come out and play in the postseason because they're all just so damn good. And I don't know what the I don't know what the reaction is on the field with the Bills when it comes to this Demar Hamlin situation. I think that's another. There's so many variables to this. Well, especially now that he's trending in a better direction, I think that's that makes it a whole lot easier for them to go play with love and joy for the game and good vibes. Win for Demar. I mean, there's. The Bills, it's got to be their year. It just has to be. It is crazy now. Every time I see Sean McDermott's face on TV, it's I mean, like he's a looks, national symbol now. Yeah, he is. He's like an American hero. <laughs> he really is. Usually we have lovable losers. With the Bills, we have lovable winners. I Game one against the Rams, I mean, I didn't realize the Rams are going to be this bad, but just kind of felt it watching that team play. It's a shame that Von Miller can't be a part of this, but um, yeah, I, all the signs pointed. I'm ready for Niners Bills. It's the uh, as Raheem Palmer tweeted this morning. It's the Swami Super Bowl matchup. Chris Berman. Oh my God! Predicted that's right. That matchup every year since like 1990. <laughs> that's hysterical. Good stuff. Up next, Palo shines, but Jaw shines brighter. We talk about that after this. Now Morant into the lane and an easy.
easy lob and finish for Jaron Jackson Jr. A backdoor cut. Triple J finished it. It's been that kind of night for that guy. 120 to 111. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a full-blown monster. 31 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocked shots. He had 3 blocked shots before the first quarter was wrapped up. I think it, it was like the first few minutes of the game. I was on the court last night after scarfing down my media meal. I went to go say hi to uh, DJ D. Strong, works for our hip-hop station. Yep. And he's the DJ down there for the for the game, so I was talking to him. And Jaron Jackson Jr. walked right by me, and we almost rubbed shoulders. Well, we almost rubbed shoulders because his shoulder's like eight feet higher in the air than mine. But when he walked by, it was like... Born to play basketball. Jaw-droppingly large. And like in in like a Dwight Howard way, where he's not just tall. All these guys are tall. Very filled out. I mean, this is a strong individual. This Memphis team really reminds me of the vibe that I got... Uh, I'm just stealing your word. Um, from <laughs> I haven't said vibe a lot lately, too. It was overdue. We had a good usage of the word vibe in that first segment. We did. But if I feel like this team reminds me a lot of that 2019 Raptors team. Yeah. Where they have the guy that can be the clutch guy down the stretch. They've got the star, like Kawhi. They've got that in Ja. He's a good team guy, too. Absolutely. And then they've just got like a bunch of big guys that aren't scared of anything. They're just full-grown men. And, yeah, Length, physicality. They play on a string. They're well-coached. I like Taylor well Jenkins coached, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, a good point. Nick Nurse did a nice job with that Raptors team in 2019. Yeah, I kind of like that comparison. I mean, they had contributions from everyone in the first half. Like David Roddy was getting buckets. Zaire Williams was had like 16 points in 10 minutes at one point. He's like a kind of a nice young prospect that doesn't get a lot of talk. He's pretty good. He can shoot. Uh, you know, Dylan Brooks. They they just all play on a string, and then when they need their stars to close, it was Ja and Jaron, and they make it look so easy. Exactly. Like that that Raptors team. We saw that when Kawhi left. They didn't need him to be good. They needed him to be great. And I feel like that's how Memphis is built. They don't need Ja to be good. They Ja can miss a game. They'll be fine. They could get by without him. In the they just can't. Season. They just can't. Yeah, they just. I mean, even in the playoffs, like they could win a game without Ja. They're not winning a championship without him. He's right. that type of like over the top piece. I was thinking about this and watching the game, and we've got the trade deadline coming up. I don't think that team makes a move. I don't think Memphis feels like they are fine with exactly what they have, and it's. I think it's good enough in a Western Conference. It's a little suppressed this year. In a very positive way. It makes basketball much more entertaining. We don't have a super team. I was we just, just know how it's going to end. I was just going to use the term super team. And if you're like somebody who's turned off from the NBA because you thought they were starting to just consist of super teams, then you should love the Memphis Grizzlies because they're built organically. They're they're like a scheme team. They have a style of play. I mean, I just couldn't have... Everybody knows where everybody is on the floor. They make their passes effortlessly. Everybody's cutting and moving. And it was just, there couldn't have been a bigger contrast to how the Magic looked in the first half and how Memphis did. Now, the Magic, credit to them, they could have gotten really blown out in this game, but Paolo sparked everybody in the third. My goodness, yeah. We had, uh, it was 20 points from Paolo in the in the third, and then 18 from Franz in Amazing. the fourth. So those are your guys. And they're doing things that guys do. This was a full-blown, this was a blowout. I mean, this... 
from halftime, you saw it in the third quarter, it carried on. Anytime the Magic made a little run, even if it was just the bench guys that were out there from Memphis, knocked down a couple of threes, Seriously. lead right back to 21. It was one of those games. They had no business hanging around. They really this, didn't. It's not a moral victory game. What I'm trying to tell you is that it is a... The Magic have two dudes. They just they they do that when the other guys don't play well, and you're going up against a team that's as buttoned up and talented as Memphis is. That's the result you're going to get. But you can feel great. You continue to feel great about Palo and Franz. Yeah, I mean, I think the Magic just got ambushed in the first half. It was like, wait, we we haven't seen this Memphis team all year. What? What do we do? How do we score against this defense? How do we stop them offensively? And as the game went on, they they sort of started to figure out what they needed to do. And I guess by they, I mean Paolo. And Franz was one of three from the field in his first 27 minutes of play. Crazy. I tweeted about it, and then he just completely took off from there. And we've seen that from Franz where he seems like he's having an off game, and then suddenly he ends up with a 15-point quarter, and he's at his normal points amount. I think, I don't know, getting back into the loop after being suspended – getting his legs under him after how the Magic played against OKC the night before where they shot the ball well, the ball moved. It was like Franz didn't really want to get in the way of that, and then it was in the fourth quarter he just said, screw it, I'm going to take over. But this was a team last year. They lost two games to Memphis, 28 points and 20 points. And they played a lot like the teams that lost those big margins a year ago. I know. I didn't think it was going to play out like that, and it was almost surprising to see that in the first half, but Memphis right. is really good. They are, and they might even be better than they, where they were a year ago. Oh, for sure. And a, Another year matured. Uh, really, they play the game the way it's supposed to be played. I, that's my Western Conference pick. It's been... There were a lot of uh, a lot of folks from Tennessee in the building last night, I noticed. It was good to see them make the trip in. I hope the traffic wasn't too bad on the way down. <laughs> Supposedly from Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, they're one of those teams. A lot of John ja Morant jerseys in the crowd. I think there should be a few more Jaron Jackson jerseys going right. forward. I mean, yeah, he might be one of the more underrated players in the NBA because he's not putting up these 40, 50-point stat lines like the other stars are doing often, but he can still get you 20 to 30 and then just make an absolute impact on defense and rebounding. And, yeah, he just makes the game look so easy, both him and Ja. So uh, I guess we need to talk about Jalen Suggs. Uh, Any guess as to what happened here? He played five minutes. He was knocked in the jaw going for a loose ball and, and then was clutching at his jaw for the next several minutes. Didn't come out of the game. Uh, right away, and then the Magic called the timeout. He comes out of the game, sits on the bench. You see him continue. He continues to hold his his jaw. Always bumping into things. I mean, he is the most clumsy basketball player I've ever seen. And it's like, and then he didn't come back. He played five minutes last night. He plays hard, you know, but he and he used to be a football player, so he sort of brings that football mentality to the basketball court. But man, it's like partially unlucky and partially just what are you, what are you doing man can you relax or can you <laughs> can you actually stay healthy for long enough to put together a streak of games i mean it's it's frustrating yeah coach Moe said that he stayed out because it was a minutes restriction but it's like what he played 5 minutes is that a real I minutes mean, restriction if his minutes restriction is 5 minutes just wait till Jonathan Isaac comes back truly he'll shoot a free throw and then go back oh. onto the bench oh god we need Isaac back it would have been fun to see Isaac go against Jaron Jackson Jr in his debut yeah. that would have seriously been a great matchup they were in the same were they in the same class no i think that was the bomba class yeah 
I believe number two overall pick. I remember thinking like I was really uninspired with the Maver- uh, the with the Memphis pick that year. Oh, with Jaron Jackson? Yeah. I you know I watched him come into the rack at Rutgers when he played for Michigan State, and he did. He looked skinny, like couldn't really shoot. Yeah, he was awkward. But you could just see that if he grows into his body and all that. I mean, he's got the three and D down, and he's gotten a whole lot better too. So while it wasn't an exciting pick at the time, you know, it was one of those developmental picks. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on with uh, with Jalen Suggs. A five minute minutes restriction seems a little bit odd to me. Coming up next, TV superstar Luke Hetrick joins us to continue this magic chatter and more after the break.